The Dane and Derek Show is an uncensored, unfiltered podcast. Content warnings can be found in the episode description. It's not really that crazy. It's just I like to be in my comfy chair, so... <laughs> it, it, it doesn't does. have to be that crazy. I could be over at my desk, but I'm... Mm. I'm not. <sighs> feel you on comfy chairs mm-hmm. i just got a foot rest yeah mine has mine has an ottoman Ooh, it's, it's really good it's really really good good stuff hello and welcome to the dane and derek show a podcast where two nerdy friends attempt to keep in touch and shoot the shit i'm derek a writer director and occasional D player and with me as always is my buddy bud dane Hey everyone, I'm Dane. I'm a writer and a musician, podcaster, and I am an absolute lover of tabletop RPGs. But this week on the pod, we're actually going to be talking about the antithesis of tabletop RPGs, video games that we particularly either had a bad experience or dislike. Are video games the antithesis? No, I don't think so, now that I think about it. What does antithesis mean? Hold on. It's like the anti- the opposite of it. Yeah. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. The direct opposite of someone or something else. I guess it's a lateral. Or, or a <laughs> contrast or opposition between two things. Mm. Mm. So I kind of used it correctly. Yes. Yes. Because while they're the same thing in concept, they are different experiences, therefore different. Yes. I find them to be related, but deeply different experiences. Yeah, for sure. But anyways, sorry, I completely got off track because I like words. Um, <laughs> All good. I sometimes use words and forget to look them up. Uh, my second grade teachers would have been upset. <laughs> oh, no. So sad. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, so, Dane, what turns you off about video games? Um, Easy one right off the bat. I, like, we're not talking about like, like games can just be broken of course or Mm -hmm. like kind of objectively bad like they don't play very well um so we're not talking about that i assume right yeah yeah i i would say yeah like there's no point in comparing like a jank mario game to a new mario game that is less jank you know there's 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 no there's no point in comparing that because yeah yeah there's no point there's no point in comparing something that isn't even functional um to something that works but isn't correct yeah if that's the case one of the first things that usually turns me off is length more and more rare is the 80 hour experience that i'm into so like that right off the bat can um can kill something for me like uh horizon zero dawn for example that is a great example of a beautiful well-made excellently running game with like really functional mechanics that like three hours into i was like nah like i i don't want to do this for the next 70 hours like i don't want to do that so that's a pretty that's a pretty big one um another thing that will often turn me off is a is a is a is a story that and this is off this is just like basically all media is a story that has no real care for its um for its audience um, one that disrespects its audience. And for example, I, I would actually, 
I have a lot of, I have really conflicted feelings about the Bioshock series, but the longer I've, I've been with them and the longer I've sat with those, um, games, the more I've landed down on the side that I think the Bioshock games don't work for me anymore. Uh, because at the end of the day, the story they're telling and the game they give you are in, at odds with each other. Mm. Um, and they don't want to actually say anything. Not at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, like, for example, in the original Bioshock, it's ostensibly a criticism of Ayn Rand's um, hyper-libertarian, hyper-individualistic philosophy, right? Mm-hmm. Her philosophy is that one person alone is, and the individual rights is better than the collective, in a sense. Um, she is not a person who believes uh, in um, the needs of the many outweighing the needs of the few. Um, mm-hmm. And and to be fair, she grew up in Stalin, Stalin's Russia, so there is... Uh, one one might understand where she would develop such a philosophy. So the game uh, tries to, or at least says it's saying something about that, but if you actually look at what you do, in the game, you alone rugged individualist go about and save the day. Like, the mechanics are completely at odds with it, and it's... um. Mm. kind of disappointing in that sense like it's like you didn't say anything or like i think it's fallout 5 um mm-hmm. that doesn't it doesn't it doesn't say anything either um all or, or maybe one of the best examples of this the maybe the most famous example of this that i could think of off the top of my head is in skyrim um a game that typically I, I, I have pretty good feelings about, but um, this has always bugged me, is luckily the Skyrim, you can completely ignore this, so it didn't ruin the game for me, but it's if this becomes like the core, central um, uh, crux of a game, I, I'm often turned off by it. But like in there, you can either join the Rebels or you can join the Empire because there's a civil war happening, and that's mm-hmm. that's your choice. The rebels are racist and shitty, and the empire is pretty authoritarian and unjust and shitty. They're trying to make these things equivalent, if that makes sense. Like there, there, there's. Mm-hmm. It's almost this argument that there are no good sides, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, but they don't do anything with it, right? Like. It's not explored. It's just meant to make the world feel gritty, which I always think is just kind of dumb. Like, don't yeah. introduce something um, mm-hmm. if you don't want to explore it. Like, don't mm. make serious issues like authoritarianism and racism set dressing. Don't do it. It's not a good. It's not a good move. So that often turns me off. Um, mm. Yeah. Those are some big ones off the top of my head. I'll let you talk. I've talked for a minute here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I agree with you that as I've gotten older, the length of a game and the setting of a game and sort of what they 
give you and what's what's considered set dressing and what's considered essential to a game can be really frustrating uh i think something that really turns me off about games is um i guess this 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 goes for a lot of media as well but when a game banks on inherent nostalgia to tell its story and as a result isn't actually any good because it's just riding nostalgia uh that is something that i i can get really turned off by like i have a really hard time with like games based on movie ips uh or games that are like sequels to game series that have been gone for 10 15 20 years i have a really hard time with those games because sometimes they're just not great uh because they're just they're banking on people liking the original game and bearing through the new game versus enjoying the new game from a completely different experience so i think that's probably the big one for me is just like nostalgia in video games and sort of using that as a mechanic to uh you know effectively make money off of something that's just okay i respect bioshock less and less and borderlands more and more in a way um which might sound really silly and really dumb (laughs) um but my reasoning behind that is this Bioshock makes a pretense of being a thing that it is not. Um, Which is, it thinks it's very heady. It thinks it's very philosophical when it very realistically says very little about very intense issues it brings up. Borderlands, on the other hand, basically is a B-movie. Knows it's a B-movie. And just is going to be a B-movie, start to finish. You know, like, and I I can respect that more. I have a lot of, speaking of nostalgia, I have a lot of good feelings around Borderlands in particular, just because of the way I played it. A mutual friend of ours, uh, Will Cordell, uh, and I basically marathoned all three games. Um, And and so just, or four, actually. Um, Which... Warm, fuzzy feelings aside, I, I th- objectively, I don't really think Borderlands is really a thing we necessarily need in the zeitgeist and like the world. Um, but if it has to exist, at least it exists as the thing it is without any pretense of being something it's not. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I'll, I can really, res- I can, although I will say, I don't think Bioshock is like, a horrendous experience because at least right. it has given me a lot to think about in its own, in its failings, if that makes sense. Like in the way that it has failed to actually talk about the issues it brings up and in having noticed that over the years, um, <clears throat> excuse me, I, I have gotten a lot more out of it actually in its failings in this like thought process of like, Oh, Sometimes works will bring up issues because it's in because it's it's um for reasons other than to discuss them and maybe that's not responsible. Like here's an, here's another example. This is a film example in Star uh, a Solo, a Star Wars story. Uh, did you see that? 
Yes. Okay. Yes, yes. Um, there is a droid, and I cannot remember her name. Um, but in the movie, the droid brings up like the fact that droids are kind of slaves in the Star Wars universe, right? Which right. we don't really discuss anywhere else. Um, but it's played for laughs, right? It's yeah. It's, it's, it's a punchline. It's a punchline, and it's meant to make her character funny and quirky. Um. Right. So yeah. You bring yeah. Up this, exactly. Like, this very intense topic, or at least the metaphor of a very intense topic, and then they don't actually do anything with it, right? So like it's it, but I don't know if I would have ever noticed that if not for Bioshock, right? So like in that way, I would not classify Bioshock as like a horrible video game experience. Um, is there? Are, we've we've reached our first topic, haven't we? Did we get there? Yeah, I mean, we're talking about like rough experiences with games, and just we're we are we are talking about it, even if we're not making a direct like this is the worst experience. Fair. I I think it's because I think it's hard to to quantify what is the worst experience you've had playing a video game. So that's pretty fair. But, Do you can so you don't have like one that just sticks out in your mind as like the worst. I mean, I have a couple, but they're they're for very they're for reasons that, as I'm now thinking, they're not exactly. They're like not necessarily bad reasons. They're just reasons that don't gel with me. Like Overcooked Two, I had a terrible experience playing, primarily because the first time I played it, I played it on a live stream, and I got very angry and visibly frustrated on said live stream, and. Because it's just a very stressful game, and I don't want to be stressed out by challenges and controls that purposefully make it difficult. Um, but, you know, like, that was a terrible experience just as much as, like, playing Shadow of Mordor was a terrible experience. Um, you know, because, you know, they're two very different games, but the gameplay just did not at all... The gameplay and the story just did not at all grip me in a way that I hoped, and I just ended up really loathing it. And in the case of Shadow of Mordor, regretting the $30 I spent. <laughs> so question about Shadow of Mordor in particular. Do you think that was particularly disappointing because you love the IP of Lord of the Rings so much? So it was just like a complete letdown of... Yeah, it's it's on that nostalgia train. Yeah. It's on that nostalgia train, and and that sort of like fans of Lord of the Rings... But I think I don't, I didn't necessarily like the. I think the the stories is interesting, but I don't necess, I didn't like the mechanics. I didn't like the stealth, the combat, the possessing other orcs and effectively making them slaves, um, to do your bidding. I didn't really like that. Uh, I also just couldn't connect with the with the with the main character. Um, you know, like you're thrown into a cutscene, and then that cutscene throws you right in the middle of a game, and then it, it kind of also I think because I was also playing it on PC, and I think it wasn't made for PC, so there's just a lot of things with the port, which I also think is 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 something that I think affected my enjoyment of it. Um, but like you know, compare that to like Prince of Persia, or um. 
you know, Jedi Fallen Order, which have stealth mechanics and have jumping mechanics and have, you know, horrendous amounts of killing of things, <laughs> you know, in that same class category, there were just a lot of things that I couldn't connect with that uh, ultimately I, I just didn't really like. I played like maybe an hour or two of it and I was like, this is just not, not for me. Uh, yeah. I don't, I don't have a ton of like visceral, like no thank you moments from, from games. Um, I think the, my most recent negative experience uh, with a game was with doom 2016. Um, which was literally uh, just the amount of camera movement like made me feel sick, um, which that's not really on the game. Um, that's on. It's not really even on me. It's just like that. That just uh, that wasn't gonna work, you know. Yep. <laughs> um, <laughs> I gotcha. Yeah, I think like I've never had like a rage quit moment. Um, because like. I've always really liked, I like difficult games. Um, I don't know if I've brought it up here. I'm sure I have. I'm a fan of like the Souls series, um, like the From Software games, like Bloodborne, Demon Souls. I'm really excited for the for the Demon Souls remake. I really want that. Um, but getting a PS5 is challenging right now. Um, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, anyways. Um, so challenge is not the thing that often will turn me off um, or, or like having just like a really hard experience or not being able to get through something. isn't really like the thing that like makes me rage quit. Um, I have had a few really bad experiences with online games though. Yeah, I, I can agree with you on that. Like I, I played Dota two for a while at the beginning of college. Um, and I wasn't like terrible. Uh, I I never devoted enough time to it to be good. Um, but we played one time with a brand new brand new person, uh, and we knew every like it, it's I think it's five on five teams basically. Um, and so we knew everybody on our team and on the opposing team. We were just doing kind of like friendly matches, um, and we had someone brand new, brand new. And I watched for 30 minutes as that person just got killed over and over and over again because the players weren't willing to lay off so they could learn, you mm -hmm. know? Yeah. And like, I was just like, I'm out. I'm done. I don't, I don't want to be in this. I don't want to play like, I don't want to play this competitive thing. This is weird. Yeah. I, I can agree with you on that. I had a similar experience in Apex Legends. Mm. Um, cause like, I really wanted to play some sort of an online sci-fi shooter, but I just, I had put in a, I had put in maybe like 20 hours into it, but I just kept getting paired with a lot of just not great people. And, um, it just, it wasn't, it wasn't a fun time. Just people yelling at you over the mic, uh, and just, and people, uh, just continually killing you or abandoning you. That's, I think the worst part about online games is when you're with a team and your team does not try to help carry you. Mm -hmm. uh, it's something that like when, when I think of good gaming experiences, I think of playing castle crashers with you, Robert and Nathan and 
Yeah. Like I really ate shit <laughs> during that playthrough and I had to be super carried throughout the whole entirety of that playthrough. But because everyone was willing to just shoulder a, a few more time. kills. Yeah. Yeah. We were having a good time. Like, yeah, there, yeah. You know, I, that I, it, Oh, go, you go ahead. <laughs> uh, no, it just, the, because, because nobody minded that or, or were understanding cause I'd never played it before that it gave me an opportunity to figure out a build that ended up working out and I ended up being able to fight and do stuff later on in the game. So, you know, it, it's a thing. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I think that's one thing that's like, because online games can have like, they have the opportunity to be really great. Um, mm-hmm. And sometimes, and it's really a shame when the competitiveness of some takes away from the cooperative nature of others. So that's, that's, um that's a shame. I will say maybe my most disappointing gaming experience of the last few years overall. Um, and I said this because I was talking about from software. It's actually Sekiro die, uh, shadows die twice. Oh. Genuinely like one of the most disappointing experiences I've had in a long time with a game. Well, that's a bummer. Um, and it's for a couple reasons. Uh, one, uh, I waited like two years to play that game. I was so excited. Like from the moment it got announced all the way, like day one, I was so excited. I was so damn excited. I, I like, um, and part two is that game locks you into a play style. You can adjust certain things on the sides, on the edges, but you are playing a Shinobi. You are doing stealth you are doing parrying and fast sword play the thing that i've always been able to do with like from software's games is try a couple of times the first time i go through a game a great game of theirs and find a build that i like um that but sekiro does not give you that option like if you start out like i'm gonna be a tank and then you're like wow uh i do not I, this is not fun. This is not working. I guess I'll go be a mage. That is not an option in Sekiro. Um, so there was no way for me to change styles such that I could play that game. Even though I was really excited about it, the story seemed cool. Um, they were developers and artists that I love supporting. And it just made me sad. Like, I was just so disappointed. Um, I think actually that might be something that I that turns me off to a game is if there is no way to get through it. Um, it like if the only way to get through it is through pure, um, unrelenting, like skill or something. I'm not a huge fan in some ways, uh, which might sound really funny from like a souls fan. Um, it's maybe my biggest criticism of some of their games is that, there is kind of an upward limit to that. Um, looking at Bloodborne and uh, Sekiro in particular. Uh, but something I always really appreciated about like Dark Souls 1, 2, and to a lesser extent 3 is there were always options. Um, like in 2, the very first time I played and got through any Souls game, um, I had to play a mage because I was not good enough. To like be a swords person, but the game let you me do that. I had enough, I had enough spells that I could just get through anything. 
Um, and right now I'm playing with my friend Kristen. And we're going through Dark Souls 1 together, which really just means she's mostly playing and I'm um, uh, guiding her. But she is not like a lifelong video game player and she can do it. She can actually do it. It's taking a lot of work, but she's doing it and she's having a good time. And I think that's something that also kind of made me sad about Sekiro is like, wow, there's just no way to get through this unless you're like really, really good with video games and you're great at fast twitch stuff and you are not impaired in any way. Right? Like, and so like, I, that made me really sad. The $60 price tag also hurt. No lies. That was sad. <laughs> the other game I'm really, really hoping for, and I have many reasons to hope for this to be good, um, is the next Dragon Age. Uh, I really hope it's good. The next Dragon Age and the next um, Mass Effect, because they just announced that. Oh, I didn't even know that they yep. announced that. <laughs> no. My reasons for, the, for Dragon Age are fewfold. One, I like the Dragon Age series overall. Mm-hmm. I would very much appreciate if this one was good and even better than the others, mm-hmm. right? I would really like if that they fixed some of the stuff in Inquisition, but kept a lot of the things that really made the other fix the combat, keep the social stuff. Yeah. Is basically my, my feelings about, about this next one. The other reason is this. Uh my partner Gracie, her very, 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 very favorite game of all time is Dragon Age Inquisition, hands down. Nobody, no, mm-hmm. no ifs, ands, or buts about <laughs> it. She has been waiting for this game for six years. Has it been? There it's are, been that long. Yeah, oh my goodness! It has. Yeah, there are at least two more years to go before this game comes out. So she will have been waiting for eight years. If it's not good. I am never going to hear the end of it. Yeah. Oh my goodness. I forgot that, that, that these are old games at this point. Yeah, what's in what is Origins? 2008, 2009. 2009. Oh yeah. And then cuz 2 came out in high school, so that was like 2011, 2012. Something like that. Oh goodness. Ugh. Yeah. Ugh. That's a Oh. <laughs> A long, long time. time. I'm, you know, I'm not going to hold yeah. my breath, but, uh, you know, I, I will have faith. I have faith that the new Dragon Age game will be better than the new Mass Effect game. I could, I'd put money on that. I'd also put money on the fact that at the very least, this new Dragon Age game will be significantly different than the others. Yes. Because they're all significantly mm-hmm. different. That is um, the nice part about the saga compared mm-hmm. to like Mass Ooh. Effect. What's up? I will also put down that I, I I hope the next Elder Scrolls is good. (laughs) I do. I do. I complained about them, but I also do hope that's good. Yeah. I, you know, Oblivion is also up there for an awful experience. Really? Not a fan of, not a fan of Oblivion. Not really even to be fair. Yeah. Couldn't get into that one. Yeah. I just, you know, it's one of those games where like, if you don't do the story early on, about uh, you know, thirty hours into your fun time stealing whatever from whatever from whomever, you get you just get you just get fucked. And, um, mm. demons start pouring out of gates, and you get screwed. And there's nothing you can do about it. And it's just not mm. fun compared to. I mean, even I mean, Morrowind is 
there's a lot of nostalgia associated with Morrowind, and Morrowind has a lot of jank that you can exploit. And Skyrim, of course, is Skyrim. It'll always be a, it'll always be Skyrim. Uh, <laughs> I think Skyrim is going to go down as one of those, like historic. Yeah. Games. Well, I think it's it struck a nice balance of like the size of an open world game, and the size of a story you need for an open world game, and the modding community, of course, loves mm-hmm. that game. Also, it hit the right balance. Yes. Of approachable. But not, like, no fun for, like, somebody who'd played a lot of RPGs. Exactly. Like, I would say, you know, if you're going to play an Elder Scrolls game, you know, don't play Daggerfall. If you're brand new to Elder Scrolls, don't play Daggerfall. Don't don't play Elder Scrolls Online. Don't play Morrowind. Don't play Oblivion. Play Skyrim. You yeah, know, it's... definitely the place yeah, to start. It's, it's a great, it's a solid experience. Even if, looking back on it, I'm not as thrilled about it, the idea of playing it as I once was yeah but i think that's yeah there's a lot it's an age thing (laughs) yeah i mean to be fair it's it's a it's a classic with significant flaws Mm -hmm. yeah yeah it's not it can't be as tight as certain things like some games i look back on and i'm like that was damn near perfect Mm -hmm. you know like like i look back at um bastion for example and i'm like damn that was damn near perfect for me maybe that was the time for any any number of reasons but it is exactly the thing it is because it's so contained Mm -hmm. and so and like skyrim's just too sprawling there's going to be some stuff that's like hitting yes like on the other hand like certain parts of it like the like the whole dawn guard thing Mm -hmm. that shit's awesome still love that yeah i haven't gotten any of the dlc maybe i should get some of that i like dawn guard a lot the dragonborn thing but uh, Dawn Guard, super cool. Yeah, yeah. That's that's how I feel about a lot of open world games. Is you know, don't make me special, just make me a person. Yeah, but alas, yeah, I think that was alas that that's a hard one to sell for an open world game. It is, it is. But that's part of what I actually really like about The Witcher. Mm. Is that. Geralt isn't the special one. Right. Ciri's the special mm-hmm. one. Geralt is talented. Um, <laughs> and often just the man for the job, but he's no chosen one. And that's kind of, yeah, it takes some of the edge off. Like, I think that's what makes a lot of the games that I've enjoyed over the last year. Really good with the exception of, well, uh, yeah, with the exception of even the legend of Zelda, because I guess link is the chosen one, but, Jedi Fallen Order, you're not the chosen one. You're just a Padawan with no skills whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're pretty <laughs> yeah. bad. Um, pretty bad. I would also say that um, Dragon Age 2, yeah. part of what makes that special is that Hawk is not like special, special. Yeah. Again, right person for the job. Talented. They don't have like... It's not like an Inquisition where you have a literal glowing hand or you're the last of the Grey Wardens in Origins, right? Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Yeah, I'm f- I'm pro more not special heroes. Definitely there for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Less Chosen One stories, please. Yeah, less Chosen Ones and more... More, uh... Um, like uh, 
um, people doing yeah. their best. Secondary well, heroes. With, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, people who have been like put in very dire situations. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. yeah. I'm definitely there. I'm definitely there for that. Um, I'm also there for more games that are, um, I would call them harmonious. Mm. I've been trying to think this this whole, whole conversation about the things that kind of like throw a game off for me. And it's harm. It's harmony of a Mm -hmm. game. Like, I don't mind a very long game if it's really needs to be that. Right. Um, or I don't mind a, I don't, it's not like I'm, I'm not against games dealing with heavy topics. I just want them to deal with the heavy topics. Right. right? Or, or like boring mechanics. Uh, like that's something else that kind of killed me about horizon zero dawn is like, I have played every game that this game draws mechanics from. And those games did it better because that was their core mechanic. And it's just like this cobbled together. Um, thing the thing i will say about um hades Mm -hmm. um which is a game i said i wouldn't talk about tonight but i'm gonna talk Hmm. um hades finds beautiful harmony in the um roguelike genre Mm -hmm. so in the roguelikes you know you die and then you're you lose all your progress right Mm -hmm. in hades that's part of the world you're in the underworld already. In a sense, you're already kind of dead. You're like, you're son of Hades. So you can't die permanently, uh, but you can be killed. But you'll just go back to the underworld, which is where you started, because you're trying to escape the underworld. And that's just like the most elegant thing I've ever thought. Because suddenly that lets, uh, that means that like, you can have a roguelike with a really intensive and intricate story with deep, um, emotional connections because the death thing is part of the world. And that's what I'm always looking for in a game is like a harmony of mechanics and story and setting and all of those things to be working together as best they can be. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that is, that is a very good point. Cause that's what makes a lot of old games. I think especially like old games that don't live up to today's standards in terms of tech and graphics or even necessarily story, but they're all harmoniously, everything works and everything serves a purpose and it doesn't, it doesn't take away from the experience. Right. Because like on some level, the, the limitations that those people were working under Mm -hmm. forced them to, you know, like if this isn't working, it's gotta go. Like it can't just be add a little bit to the whole experience it has to be core to the experience or it's just never going to work you know yeah so yeah i think if at the end of the day here's what i'll say games that don't work for me are games that fall out of harmony in too big a way for me to handle you know either it's it's far too long and the game feels like stretched thin over that and i'm just like i can't do it or, you know, the, the story is bringing up all these things and not respecting its topics and then not respecting us as the audience and that falls apart for me. Or, you know, it's, you know, like the 
too many too many mechanics stuffed into one package Mm -hmm. you know yeah but i think that's a great note to end today's episode on solid yeah i think you you summed up a lot of the feelings today i did my best i tried (laughs) (laughs) well that's it for uh for this week folks uh you can see what movies i'm watching on letterboxd at Derek aiello that's d-e-r-e-k-a-i-e-l-l-o and i'm also conveniently at Derek aiello everywhere else uh dane what about you where can we find you on the interwebs you can find me on Twitter at Dane underscore Fogdall. That's D-A-N-E underscore F-O-G-D-A-L-L. And you can listen to my show Diceology, like the science of dice, on iTunes, Stitcher, and Spotify. Thanks for hanging out with us, and we'll see you next time. Catch you later.